Do you know the importance of having a recognition program for the people you lead? If you don't, you will in 30 minutes. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 79. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly show to help smart people improve their communication and leadership skills. And if you've been part of our community for any length of time, you know that I'm always open to suggestions for ways that I can help you to improve your communication and leadership skills. And this show today, and actually next week's show as well, came by listener request. One of our community members had reached out to me and asked, about employee recognition programs and said, we are putting one together, but we don't know what we're doing. And we would love some advice on how to put together an employee recognition program. And I know just a tiny bit about this, but I wanted to reach out and talk to someone who really knows a lot about this. And I'm so excited that I got to meet a new friend in the last few weeks here, Michelle Smith with OC Tanner. I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment because I sat down earlier this week with her to talk about the importance of having an employee recognition program. Now, here's the great thing is Michelle was very kind to agree to not only join me for this episode, but also to join me for the episode next week. So this week, we're going to be looking at the importance of an employee recognition program, why you would want to have one. And oh, by the way, even if the people you're recognizing aren't employees, if they're volunteers, if you're part of a nonprofit, if you're a part of another organization, this information is just as applicable. So this week, we're going to look at the importance of it. Next week on episode 80, we are going to discuss how to actually do it, 10 steps to get there. So let me jump in right away with my interview with Michelle Smith. I am so pleased to welcome as my guest this week, Michelle Smith. Michelle is a world-renowned international speaker, author, and consultant and a trusted advisor to many of the world's most successful companies and government organizations. Uh, She is a highly accomplished industry leader and a respected authority on leadership, internal branding, and engagement, and has published and presented more than 500 articles and lectures. And she is the vice president of business development for OC Tanner, which is the industry leader in recognition and she intuitively understands the importance of unlocking an employee's hidden potential and how to leverage performance development initiatives for maximum return on investment. Michelle, I am so glad to welcome you to Coaching for Leaders. Well, thank you, Dave, and I am so glad to be here with you. And I want to add additionally to your bio that uh, Michelle is also from Illinois, is Polish, and loves chocolate. And uh, and those three things have endeared her to me right away. So I knew we were going to get along great when we uh, first met a month or two ago. So we, were, we were destined. We were destined. Destined to be friends. We were destined to be friends. I'm so glad you're here. This is such an important topic for us to talk about today, which is the, you know, the why recognition is so important. And I am struck by how often this conversation comes up with um, even in situations with leaders where the conversation doesn't start about recognition, but really that's what is going on in at the at the 
deep levels of what's going on with connections and relationships. And I, so I thought it might be smart for us just to start and, you know, talk a little bit about what recognition is, and maybe you can just give us a little framework for how you and OC Tanner think about recognition. And then let's look at, you know, what are, you know, why leaders would want to think about embracing this. Exactly. Well, well, recognition in, in the purest sense of the word is just really appreciating and acknowledging your employees. Um, you know, what we do at OC Tanner is we help companies appreciate people who do great work for them. Mm. And unfortunately, there's more great work being done than I think is, is often acknowledged by leadership. And so we are on a mission to, to change that and really to help leaders understand why recognition is such a smart business tool for them to employ, you know, employ and, and utilize uh, like they do so many of their other leadership skill sets. But to your earlier point, it's, it's not intuitive sometimes for them to think about it. And it's not what they normally think about uh, as far as how can I improve my organization, but it is absolutely an accelerator for all of the other goals and objectives they want to achieve in, in their mm. organization. And we talked about this, um, some, when we were preparing for our conversation today, that a lot of leaders and organizations have had training that's very data-driven and rational and looking at numbers and don't necessarily think about the recognition piece with teams and employees as as the first thing. Why is it so important that leaders consider this and, and consider some of the benefits of engagement? Well, at the at the core is because most every business issue is in fact a people issue. And I think mm. that's what escapes a leader. They they clearly understand that uh, okay, talent acquisition and um, attraction uh, and retaining of great talent, that's a people issue. But they may not think about other areas of their business as being a people issue. And if I can tell you a, a, a quick little story that Please. may illustrate this. Please. We had a couple of clients a couple of years ago when we had the first fuel crisis and fuel prices were so high and one of the clients was an airline the other client was a railroad both obviously incredibly impacted by the fact that fuel prices were escalating as they were i happened to be visiting both clients within the same week the airline's response to the fuel crisis was, we need to cut routes, we need to cut staff, cut, 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 cut. Mm. And that's not an unusual reaction for a leader to make when they're faced with a crisis like that. When visiting the uh, railroad company, they stopped a moment and thought, wait a minute, the, the knee-jerk reaction would be to cut, but let's think about this in another way. And they realized their training that... Business issues are people issue. How is this a people issue? And they realize that the conductors on their train have complete control of how much fuel is being used. And there are techniques that you can use when you're guiding the train, especially around corners or coming into a depot or a stop oh, that, interesting. that take utilize much more fuel and huh. you can reduce that fuel usage. So their approach was to bring the engineers in train them, remind them about how to conserve fuel. The engineers absolutely love this because now they're part of the solution. They're preventing other people from being laid off in the company if they can, in fact, reduce the fuel consumption. Oh, wow. Which they did. As a matter of fact, 
they reduced the fuel consumption a million gallons of fuel a month. They were spending less during the fuel crisis than they were on fuel before the fuel crisis. Oh, wow. So they did such a good job doing that with treating it as a people situation that they actually spent less money even though exactly. fuel prices had gone up. Exactly. And the 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 engineers were so engaged with this. They started a a, a um, recognition program around achieving these goals. So mm. people were actually getting recognized and rewarded for hitting these goals. Unfortunately, the the story with the airline is is not such a happy ending. They did do the cuts. There was great distress among the employees and and a lot of disgruntled employees from the cuts. They cut routes uh, as a flyer, a frequent flyer on that airline. I was not so happy about that as well. Unfortunately, they ended up going in bankruptcy. They're still trying to regain, mm-hmm. you know, their their pre-crisis uh, levels of of customer trust and employee trust within that organization. So, same problem, two very different solutions, and certainly two very different results. And I think if if more leaders and managers could understand that. Step back, take a moment, think about, is there a different way I can solve this problem than, than, the, than harsh cuts and, and, you know, and, and those kinds of uh, activities? But what can I do? How can I engage my people in helping find a solution? Uh, it's, it's an amazing, amazing result that you will get when you engage your people in the solution with you. And of course, organizations are really just collections of people working toward a common goal. And so business issues really do, at their root, always involve people, or if not always, at least most of the time, what are the people issues that are involved in that or not involved with that? Um, And Michelle, I know this is something that you and I think about a lot in today's environment because so many employees are being asked to do so much. Uh, many organizations have gone through cuts. The economy still really hasn't recovered in most industries. And uh, employees are being stretched so much. How does that relate to recognition? Why is this so important right now for businesses to be thinking about? Well, here's here's an, another example of a counterintuitive situation. As you say, most leaders think about, well, the economy is bad. And so now is not the time for me to do recognition. And where are my employees going to go anywhere? You know, there, there aren't a lot of other jobs out there. The, the, Mm. the punch. So it's almost like an employer's market right now, basically. Exactly. So they feel they don't need to invest in this. This is absolutely the time you need the best and brightest thinking from your employees to help you recover from this recession. Mm. And recognition is a fantastic accelerator of that, of really engaging your employees into aligning with your goals, your mission, your vision, your objectives for the year, and bringing the brightest thinking forward. And additionally, here's here's one of another one sort of my favorite little, you know, mind twists in that managers frequently are wrestling with absenteeism and turnover and and quality defects and all kinds of things that you would wrestle with normally in a Mm. business. And Gallup has done a wonderful, wonderful job, the Gallup organization, of demonstrating through years and years of research that if you invest in recognition in your employees and you can improve their engagement levels with your organization, 
your productivity will go up, your profitability will go up, turnover will go down, uh, accidents in the workplace go down, you find um, higher levels of customer uh, loyalty and satisfaction from those you know, satisfied and happy employees, you find even less employee theft in an organization. I mean, it's mm. almost across the board. Those issues that managers are spending all of their time wrestling with on a day-to-day basis, rather than being strategic, uh, can be mitigated or many times completely reduced when you introduce recognition and invest that time in your people. A lot of those problems go away. So it really is an investment of looking at not just today, but looking at the long-term and an investment I know that a lot of people are hesitant to make right now, um, but I know that I, I've seen so much research, and I know you've shared some mm-hmm. of these numbers with me as well, too, of just the level of engagement right now that is present in the workforce. Could you share some of those those numbers with our audience as well as far as what you know what are people doing right now at their jobs how engaged are they because i think it's fascinating yeah and and it's scary too um because they're not very engaged uh the latest stats um from gallup tell us that we have 28 percent of employees are disengaged Mm. and by gallup's definition that actually means they are militant they are recruiting other people in the company to boy isn't this a a crummy place to work. So, I mean, these are real problem employees. Mm. You've got about half of your employees, 52%, that are apathetic. Now, that's not going to get you very far. And just a mere 20%, one out of five employees, are actually engaged and really giving that discretionary effort to their employers and you know going out of their way to go above and beyond to help their employers. So it's a dismal, dismal picture out there with engagement levels. And we can look at the, you know, those horrible stats and be paralyzed, or we can say, we must change this. We must turn this around. And the best way to turn that around is through, you know, engaging those employees and recognizing them, bringing them into the fold. We may not be able to turn around the 28% of people who are actively disengaged, but you've got half of your employees who you know can go either way let's bring them to the light don't let them go to the dark side yeah, and a yeah. little bit of effort is going to turn that around in a big way and and that's just and now's the time to do it of course too because um, i know you've shared with me before too just how many people are looking for the statistics on how many people are looking for new opportunities and how you know, people don't have a lot of choices right now, but as soon as they do start having choices and the economy turns around, um, I know you've, you mentioned that the 93% number to me, can you tell me about that number? It's, you know, a a year ago, the number was, was less and I was astonished, but right now, um, right management, uh, has been doing a study for a number of years and currently 84% of employees surveyed expect to leave their job within the year. 84%. Wow. Another 9% are actively preparing to leave. They're getting their resume together. They're doing their LinkedIn profile, all of those kinds of things that are precursors to a move. So we've got 93% of the American workforce that is at risk 
of leaving. And for any of your audience who may be listening and feeling like, well, that's not my employees, Mm -hmm. you know, and where are they going to go? Like you said earlier, top talent is the most disengaged and have really been brutalized by the work of the last three years. They've been, you know, they've been asked to do the work of three people. Much has been expected of them. And if you are not appreciating and recognizing those employees, you've set them up to be burned out, you know, disengaged and high skilled talent, high potential employees, talented people can always find work even in the worst kind of recession. Mm. So we're we're fooling ourselves to think that we don't need to take care of these people um, because they're not going to be able to go anywhere and we're going to be able to survive this. The companies that are surviving and thriving and have actually done well, and there are companies who have excelled through this, this uh, recession, have been companies who have invested, have not pulled back from their recognition investment in Um, their employees. It's fascinating because it's the exact opposite of what I would think intuitively of who is disengaged. Usually I, when I see those numbers, I think, oh, well, those are the people that are the low performers or the midline performers, but it sounds like it's the top performers too, where a lot of these numbers are coming from. And what you say makes a lot of sense of They are the people that have been put, I've seen many examples Mm -hmm. in our clients where these are the people who have had been asked so much, working extra hours, taking on the person's job who got, you know, was the victim of the last layoff and they're doing two or three people's jobs. I hear that all the time from clients. I'm sure you do too, Michelle, of like, I'm doing what was three people's job five years ago and they just haven't replaced the person. Exactly, exactly. And and you can do that for a little bit of time, Dave, but mm-hmm. as you know, uh, you know, over time you just you know, you just get tuckered out. And and then there becomes that tipping point where you're feeling like you're taken advantage of by your employer. And you know, I I think another interesting sort of development of all of this is we've seen many companies focus on the customer. The customer is always right. The customer is king. And uh, what's shifting now in the mindset of some um, forward-thinking leaders is because there's been a great deal of research that has also said that been able to link levels of customer satisfaction, customer loyalty, and financial performance, meaning the customer will pay, pay more, shop more, use your products more often. And that's directly correlated to the level of engagement of your employees. So the best way nowadays to reach that customer, to improve your sales, your productivity, your profitability is in fact through your employees and, and an investment there gets the double benefit. You know, there's been a lot of customer loyalty programs and customer appreciation and by all means, I support that wholeheartedly, but I'm saying a really smart way for companies to look at that is Invest in your employees. Those happy, satisfied employees will take great care of those customers and you get all the benefits of engaged employees and loyal customers. Hmm. And it's and it's not just the incentive program or the tangibles. It's also the intangibles, I know, too. And um, would you share the story you shared with me of the organization that had uh, really done a great job with their incentive program as far as the the perks and the things that they received, but 
it was missing a piece of the, the human human aspect of it. Absolutely. I actually share two stories with oh, you. Oh, okay, great, we had, great. We had two clients that both felt they were doing an amazing job with recognition. And I have to say, they were um, from what you could see on the surface. Hmm. One, but two very different cultures. One company was very family-like. It was a large organization, but they had uh, root beer float Wednesday and pizza party Thursday and bowling Friday afternoon, just lots and lots of activities uh, for the employees. And they did an employee survey. Uh, they wanted to really start understanding engagement and recognition. And they got horrible scores and they were stunned. They could not hmm. understand it. You know, how could this be with all of these things that we do for employees? Another company, a, a different culture, hard driving sales organization, lots of very high goals. But when those employees achieved those goals, elaborate, wonderful awards for that, you know, wonderful trips, you know, high definition, big screen TVs, wow. you know, again, on the surface, what could be wrong here? Um, and yet, their situation as well with those employee surveys, devastating scores. Hmm. We came in, we- Because that's what people think about when they think about recognition programs. At absolutely. least I do, is we think about, okay, having events, having you know incentives, having things people can win, contests, all of that. That's where my mind goes. And yet, the, and the survey's saying no. It, the survey's saying incomplete. It's not uh. a failure. It's an incomplete because there is an art and a science to recognition and they got the science right. You know, okay, we set goals and people achieve them and we reward that and it's very clearly articulated. All of that was right. Where both companies missed the boat were on a human and emotional level, the art of recognition, if you will. Hmm. For the company that did all of the parties and the root beer floats, they never said, we're doing this because we appreciate you, because we, we really value what you've done and what you've accomplished this week, and we're, we're doing this to thank you. They never connected the dots. So talk about a squandered opportunity here. They oh, were doing wow. everything right, but they never told employees that we're doing it to thank you. So people just thought, it's the way it is around here, and I'm not being appreciated. I work in a cool, fun company, but I don't feel connected to it, and I don't feel appreciated. Oh, interesting, Michelle. And wow. then, Dave, in the other organization, what happened was when we talked to the employees, they said, yes, oh my gosh, the awards are amazing. But when the leaders give the awards, they never talk about what I had to do to get that. You know, the hours I had to invest in really thinking about my sales territory or planning my customer service follow-up calls or all of the customers I had to talk down, you know, from the ledge who might have been upset by something. Mm. And, you know, or, or the hours and, you know, weekends that I, I gave up to get a project done. They appreciate the results, but they didn't appreciate the person behind the results. Mm. And if I've learned anything in 30 plus years of, of doing this business is people are not, are very emotional. We would like them to be rational in the workplace, but they're emotional. They want to be treated like human beings. They don't need you as a leader to have all of the answers all the time. They don't need you to be perfect. They need two things from you. They want you to be authentic 
So, you know, and they can smell a rat when you're mm-hmm. just kind of giving them happy talk. Right. They really want you to be authentic with them and they want you to treat them as people. See beyond the fact that they're the bookkeeper or the accountant or the receptionist or whatever their role is, but think about them as the person behind that role. And if you treat them with that respect, if you connect what they're doing to them as a person, you will go a long, long, long way. And such an irony with those two stories you told, Michelle that those organizations, it sounds like, had made the financial investment, yes. willing to make the financial investment, had put the money and the resources behind it. But the piece that didn't, quote unquote, cost anything from a financial perspective, because that piece was missed, the financial investment just didn't make the connection, didn't, they didn't get the return on investment that they really should have received. Absolutely, Dave. Absolutely. And we see companies do this every day. And, and you know, I, I want to I want to um, convert those companies who don't see the value of appreciation. But the companies I really get excited about working with are the companies who are trying. They're well-intentioned. They want to do the right thing. Mm. But, you know, if I opened a bank tomorrow, I, I wouldn't know all the details about banking. Mm-hmm. And so they invest in recognition, but that's frankly what's what's kept organizations like OC Tanner, you know, um, in business for years is that we can bring a level of expertise, the, the art and the science, the consulting, you know, all of the pieces to the pie, just like I'd need a whole lot of help if I was opening a bank or a bakery or whatever, um, there would just be nuances and things that I'm well-intentioned, but I don't have the complete picture. And a lot of times those, those tiny little things that you wouldn't necessarily think of can make or break the difference in your program being successful or not. I love the quote, and I forget who it's from, but the quote is, the greatest enemy of communication is the illusion of it. And I suspect we could apply this to recognition programs and appreciation programs as well, too, that the greatest enemy of them is the illusion that we are doing it well. And and I see this a lot with coaching people as well, too, in organizations we work with, Michelle, that, uh, you know, a a manager or leader sends someone to a training or coaching and says, okay, well, problem solved. They've attended a class or they've done some coaching or whatever. And in the reality, that's really just the beginning stages of making sure that it's done appropriately. So I imagine a lot of your work is really helping people to make that connection with it's not just enough to start a recognition program and to call it that and to have the incentives, but to really get into the uh, into the details of how are we going to really connect with people? Exactly, exactly. And you know, another um, statistic that just blows my mind away that also happens to come from the Gallup organization, uh, they talk about uh, you know, if you compliment your employees, which is a good thing to do as long as it is, you know, um, well-deserved and you can uh, personalize it and you can make sure that it uh, ties back to something you're trying to accomplish within the organization. Mm-hmm. We have very little disengagement, 1% disengagement in, in organizations mostly who, who do compliment quite a bit. Mm. As you can imagine, in an organization where companies are criticizing their employees. And unfortunately, there are, in fact, uh, organizations that do that. You're going to see 
uh, much higher uh, disengagement levels, you've got 22% disengagement levels where you're criticized. But here's the showstopper. In companies where employees are ignored by their managers and leaders, disengagement rises to 40%, almost twice as much as those areas, you know, in those companies where people are criticized. And if that doesn't tell you that we are human beings, you know, emotional human beings beyond all else, that a manager, at least you know, at least they're acknowledging me and they're aware that I exist and Mm. they care about me enough to try to correct me no matter how, you know, awful and hurtful the criticism may be. It doesn't even necessarily need to be constructive criticism, but I would rather be criticized than ignored. Mm. So, you know, it just really, I get goosebumps every time I think about that, that we have managers every single day who have the opportunity to make someone really feel wonderful. And how many times have you, Dave, somebody said something just made your day and you kind of oh, yeah. walked around on air all day long. You could do, you know, you just were, you felt wonderful. And unfortunately we have too many opportunities in the workplace where someone says something and it just deflates us and our day is ruined. We can't think of anything else. Um, so it's, it doesn't have to be hard and complicated, and it certainly uh, needs to be a part of every tool set for any kind of leader within an organization because you're just, you're, you're squandering so many opportunities without it. Well, and I should say that you're a great example of this, Michelle. Michelle walked into the studio today, and one of the first things she said was, I loved your article that you wrote <laughs> on flexibility this week and how it was perfect for me. It was so helpful right at that moment. And, and you're right, Michelle. When you, when you hear something like that of something you've done about your work, you think, oh, my gosh, that's great. I so want to keep writing. I so want to <laughs> keep adding value to people. It makes a huge difference. And it's amazing. It's amazing that ignoring is worse than even criticizing. Exactly. And now I'm, I will, and, and thank you for, for that compliment, but my compliment to you was completely sincere. So I, a one bit of caution to your audience, because there's also managers who kind of go around and go, Oh, good job. Hey, cool. Very yeah, oh, excellent. You know, super duper without any substance to it, it yeah. is worse than almost not saying anything because you're going to like, what is what is he doing uh-huh, there? You yeah, know? Yeah. And it's so superficial and clearly not meant from the heart. But if you can find something that someone has done, like your newsletter yesterday that just resonated so well with me, share that. And, and not only, hey, it was a great article, but why was it a great article? Why mm. did it resonate with me? You're, you're just going to get depth and credibility and trust by adding that second sentence of why it was wonderful, because now I know you mean it sincerely and you're not just kind of propping me up because you're going to, you know, nail me with a big project later this afternoon. That's so key, that evidence, that example of why. And you did that beautifully when you came in like, you know, here's, here's why I liked it. And here's how I used it with an employee situation. And I love that. And that goes back to things we've talked about in some of our recognition uh, shows in the past on, the importance of really citing that evidence, giving the example of why you're recognizing the person, because then it really truly is genuine recognition. Even if you intend it that way, it is also perceived that way. 
versus just, oh, they're just trying to brown nose me or, or make me feel good when they're about to give me this yes. big project later on today. And, it's, and we're making a human connection yeah, because yeah. I shared a little something about a challenge that I had yesterday with you and, and how your newsletter helped me through that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there you get the art and science together right there that we've made a, a deeper human connection. And, uh, you know, I've given you well-deserved recognition as well. So we could talk for hours on the importance of recognition, um, but in the interest of time, one of the things I want to let uh, all our audience know is you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, okay, so this is good. How do I do it? How do I actually start up a recognition program? What are some strategies I want to be thinking about? What are some of the tactics and the steps to doing this? So here's what we're going to do. Michelle is going to come back next week on next episode to walk us through all of the strategies for the how to actually do this. So now that we've talked about the importance of it, why we'd want to do it, how we can actually go through it. And she's got 10 steps for us. So um, you're going to catch that on the next episode. So this is episode number, uh, let's see, 78. So that will be on episode number 79 next week. So um, nope, I'm wrong. This is episode 79. It's going to oh. be on 80 next week. I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, You're more prolific than you even know, oh, Dave. Oh boy, boy. Uh, I, you know, it's it's interesting. I, when I first started doing this, Michelle, I didn't think I'd ever lose track of show numbers. I used to hear people do that on on shows and, and now we have so many shows that I actually do lose track of the numbers. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. So this is episode 79. On episode 80 next week, we're going to walk through all the tactics and strategies for how to do this. In the meantime, let me give you Michelle's contact information so you can reach out to her if you have more comments, questions, or things you'd like to know, or you think OC Tanner could be helpful in how you would approach recognition. Uh, the best way, two great ways to reach her is one, to go to the OC Tanner website. That's octanner.com. So O-C-T-A-N-N-E-R.com. And Michelle, I'm going to also post all your contact information on the show notes, but you can reach Michelle by email at michelle.smith at octanner.com. And she does spell her name, Michelle, with two L's. All the cool Michelles. Yes, absolutely. Cool L's, I'm sure. And so uh, you can reach her there. All of the notes will be on the website at coachingforleaders.com slash 79. And that will uh, get you there. Michelle, I'm so looking forward to having you back next week. Thank you so much, Dave. I'm looking forward to it as well. So remember, this is just the first of two segments with Michelle. She already is going to be coming back next week for episode number 80. And we're going to look in that episode on the 10 steps to consider when launching a recognition program. You don't want to miss that. And in the meantime, you can join the conversation with comments, questions, or feedback for either of us about today's conversation. And the best way to do that is go to coachingforleaders.com slash 79. That will take you to the show notes for this episode. And more importantly, you will, if you scroll down to the bottom of that page or any page for any of our episodes, you'll see the discussion forum and you can comment, uh, write questions. I'll join the conversation. Michelle may jump in. And that way um, you can join our dialogue about today's episode. Of course, you can always call in with feedback too. The number to call in is 949-38-LEARN, and you can send email to me directly, feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Hey, one other thing that's coming next week is the information for the very first live webinar for Coaching for Leaders that is coming up later this month. So in addition to joining 
me next week for uh, my conversation with Michelle and the 10 things you want to consider when rolling out an employee recognition program. You want to join me as well for the announcement about that first live webinar. So don't miss episode number 80. Hey, a huge thank you to Mark Bartlett and Andres Zizaga. Thank you for job, jumping in and following me either on Facebook at our fan page or Google+. And if you want to do that as well, go to coachingforleaders.com slash plus or coachingforleaders.com slash Facebook. Hey, a very special thank you to the person with username Sewing Diva on iTunes. I so appreciate the kind review that you have written the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. If you'd like to write a review as well, go to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes. And finally, if you want a midweek booster shot every week with an article that will help you to improve your tool set, your skills on leadership and communication, I send out an article every week. Go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. That'll get you on the list. Have a great week, everyone, and see you again next week.